0: Welcome to the Being the Change podcast. I'm your host Kristen Vandeveer here with your other host, Isabel Kiyosan. Mm-hmm. We are the founders of Meditation Without Borders and today we have we are so excited to bring you this interview with Rachel Hogan, who is founder of Ape Action Africa. We have been waiting to do this interview for about uh, two and a half years <laughs> <laughs> which is before we even started the podcast. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but we saw Rachel and we were like, we need to do something with this amazing woman.
0: Yes, she, um, we met her in, in India two and a half years ago and have been planning with her ever since. Um, so today we're going to be talking about the role of raising consciousness in conservation, specifically in saving the lives of primates. So thank you so much, Rachel. Thank you for being here.
2: Thank you very much. It's really great to see you both. Finally.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So we have so much we could ask, but let's start with just hearing a little bit about your story and how you came into this amazing
2: role in your life. (laughs) Um, So I originally came out to Cameroon 21 years ago now, and I was only meant to be here for three months as a volunteer. Um, from a very young age from when i was about three or four i had a passion for animals in particular gorillas and chimps and i saw this opportunity to come to cameroon to volunteer and 21 years later i'm still here um, <laughs> and I'm the director of the project so we're we're actually based in the forest site we've we've got a a large forest area and we work in collaboration with the Cameroonian government to confiscate illegally kept chimpanzees, gorillas and monkeys that have been held as pets and we take them out to the forest and we rescue and rehabilitate them and give them their family group back in a, in a forest area. So yeah, normally I'm out in the forest which is another reason why we haven't had much time to catch up because of our internet is a little bit temperamental out there <laughs> um so yes 21 years later I'm still here
0: amazing amazing and um and tell us a little bit just your your what that looks like your daily life and and how um and I just want to hear
2: everything about it <laughs> <what you're doing. laughs> go crazy yeah. so the, every day is different mm-hmm. um We have a a workforce of 50 national staff. We have just under 300 primates, so that includes gorillas, chimpanzees and different types of monkeys. Mm. Um, So you're constantly, you're on your toes all the time. Um, It could be working with the vet team, working with our staff, doing introductions of individuals into family groups, um, working on construction, and we also work really closely with the community, which is really important for us because conservation and community go hand in hand. So it's really important we have the community support. So we've built schools in the local area as well and supplied villages with fresh water pumps. Um, so we have an education programme as well. And um, we teach lots of kids and they come out to the park and they're able to see chimps and gorillas it's really I always get asked that question actually it's like what is a typical day (laughs) there is not a typical (laughs) day ever I mean the last 21 years every day has been completely different completely different um it was only a few days ago we were transferring four gorillas to another area to start introducing them into a new forest area and a new family group and then you know, the following day we were dealing with a chimp introduction and then it was some of the <laughs> enclosures needed. There is not a typical day in the life. Um, so there's lots of challenges, always lots of challenges. Um, but, yeah, it keeps us all on our toes, I think.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing to think of all the, the aspects of your work. You know, I, I mean, there's the fundraising aspect. There's the actual dealing with... The animals themselves. And then, like you said, mm-hmm. you're actually going in and um, supporting the local communities, which is the piece I'd like to talk about because I feel like what you're battling in terms of trying to help keep these, um, you know, the deforestation, keep the bushmeat trade, like all you're you're pushing back on low consciousness. You know, you're po- mm-hmm. pushing back on people who are able to do harm is because they, they don't have enough education and they don't have the consciousness to know what it is that they're, they're doing and that they don't feel that self in others, even in you know, the animals themselves. And so, um, so it sounds like to help combat that, you know, certain things, including education, stabilization of the community, and perhaps providing avenues for work and f- finding livelihood and, and means other than things that are harmful to the primates of the area. But what a massive undertaking. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm just in awe of all that you are doing. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it, it, yeah, it, it hasn't been easy and we've had to, we've kind of trialed different systems to find what really worked. And, and we're talking of 25 years, the project has existed in Cameroon. Totally. And as I said earlier, the the relationship with the community is so important um, because we just wouldn't be able to do the work that we do without that support, Mm
0: -hmm.
2: which is why it's really important for us to be able to provide for the community, but also for the community to see what the benefits are in conserving, Mm -hmm. in protecting, as opposed to destroying All of our staff, um, um, a majority of our staff are from the local area, but they're all nationals um, and they all come from different backgrounds, different cultures. Cameroon is very diverse. Um, And what we've seen is we actually got a lot bigger response from when we started working with women of the community, (laughs) um, which was really interesting because we started everybody kind of as a, a whole and then people kind of got bored and, you know, drifted off. And then we thought, okay, we'll concentrate on the women of the community. Mm -hmm. Um, And that went really well. Mm -hmm. And then the men of the community saw how that was developing and how the women were able to make an income from working with us because they would make jewellery from recycled products and we'd sell them to visitors. And so that kind of got them intrigued and then they came on board as well. Mm -hmm. Um, But changing a mind that kind of mindset, these, you know, these are people that all live in rural areas and have lived mm. off the land to survive. So to then change that that way of thinking, well, look, we can we can do this and we can work together to try and protect has been very difficult. And it's probably in the last five or six years that we've really seen a difference, but more so with the children the new generation that are coming up Mm -hmm. um they're the ones that will you know will will be in the classroom our teachers will be there and they will go home and spread that message to the rest of the family and actually some of the kids that I remember when I first arrived that were just little eight nine year olds are now working for us um and then we also have (laughs) generations of um, people that work for us, their children have come in as well.
0: Mm-hmm. So have
2: definitely seen a shift in the, the, you know, the new generation that are coming in. Um, they're really, the, the, the level of consciousness and awareness of the need to protect and how important the forests are and how important it is to actually protect chimpanzees and gorillas for generations to come. There's been a really shift, big shift there. So that's been really interesting to watch over the 25 years, how that's changed in mm-hmm. a different generation coming in. Um, but yeah, in the beginning, it was very difficult because the project was new. You know, we had to we had to understand their culture as well. And it wasn't yeah. just us coming in and saying, this is how this has to be done. It was for us to get together to sit to converse and how we can meet each other halfway Mm -hmm. for the better. Um, So, yeah, the last five, six years have been really quite rewarding with the children, um, especially now seeing them getting older and kind (laughs) of, you know, spreading the word. And, you know, they all know the chimps' names and the gorillas' names and um, they understand the need for conservation.
0: That is the sweetest thing i feel myself getting misty just thinking of all these kids growing up with that that Mm -hmm. in their in their lives um it's beautiful so i i can imagine how you know do they come to the sanctuary and, and have contact with the animals in order to help
2: promote that connection Nobody can actually have contact. They're in large forest areas with electric fences. Um, So what happens is our our teachers will go into the schools and they'll have conservation education classes. Mm -hmm. And we also found that the kids responded really well to art and to sport. Mm -hmm. So we would have the chimpanzee football team against the gorilla football team. (laughs) Which they absolutely loved. Um, And then we would have um, drawing competitions and they would do theatre. They
1: -hmm. would do a lot
2: of um, plays where there would be a scenario of a little baby chimp being taken from his family and then rescued by in Africa and then what happens then. So they have a series of classes and then at the end of the classes, the kids will come out and we'll do a tour of the park and each enclosure will explain about each family group and not only that about the biodiversity and nature mm-hmm. and why it's really, really important to protect and what they can do to protect and why um, it's not good to go out and to kill them. Yeah. To have them as a food source and, and, and it really resonates in all of them. You can see, because at the end they've all got the little Apex Action Africa t-shirts <laughs> and like yeah, I'm back to Africa. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's been um, it's been really positive, really positive, and we've and we spread that our education program into the city as well. So we give an opportunity for the children that live in the city that never get out to see the forest mm-hmm. and the trees, and it's not just about the primates; it's all about the insects and the butterflies because we have thousands of them. Um, so it's a whole kind of forest experience. Oh, that's beautiful.
1: Can't wait to go. <laughs>
2: <laughs> You're welcome. Drop by any time. <laughs> I know.
0: I know we, we've been wanting to hopefully get there to teach someday because just to help in that, in that raising of the consciousness to help yes. keep, um, keep that, that new generation having that mindset that, that. You know, you can't just um, spoil the environment with which you you are, which which you are growing. Um, I um, is it is it ever dangerous? Have you ever had any you know um, any moments where you feel like that that the forces working against you um, are actually possibly have danger to them?
2: Most days. <laughs> <laughs> no. um there have, over the years there have been some some really difficult times for the project I think also when we were first starting our relationship with the communities and a lot of miscommunication and and wariness from people was quite difficult um so there have been some challenges in in that respect and you know, when I look back, back then, it really it really just feel that it was all a, a learning process because as each challenge we face at the time, you know, it, it really did feel, when I look back at when I was like 25, 26, and I would be dealing with these issues at the time, it was like, oh my gosh, this is like, how do we even get past this? And it was the worst thing ever. <laughs> And then looking back now, and especially since I have started meditation as well, I can really see the reason behind those challenges and how that actually helped move the project forward and how we all developed. Because after the, you know, if we were facing a really difficult time um, and then afterwards all of a sudden, well, it's like the flowers would spring up a bit <laughs> Um and it was it was a way of moving us forward so and now i think there's always something new that comes up we're always learning something new every day but that experience has you know if we get that now it's like hold on a minute we had this 10 years ago we kind of know how to to do this now um, so yeah i'm yeah every day there's a challenge Um, every day is a different challenge as well. And every day is something new to learn.
1: Something that I really love about what you do is, you know, we we say always in our practice, things don't happen for one reason, they happen for all reasons. And your your job is completely inclusive in the sense that it's just, it's not about, you know, only saving apes. It's about, Mm -hmm. you know, teaching the community and adapting to the different cultures in Cameroon and teaching from there and teaching younger generations and you know women and how it's how to live sustainable lives and Mm -hmm. how if you if you you know contribute to helping the apes in that community it'll also help your community as well and so it's just such an inclusive process and it completely relates to what we continue to learn in our meditation and it's just i'm in awe of how it's all working
2: mm-hmm. yeah it's all all the little links join yeah. up yeah mm-hmm. now you're uplifting all of it you know? <laughs> like,
0: <laughs> which is why it's like oh my gosh no wonder there's so many roles to your role because it's like you're by uplifting here you're uplifting there but it's you're almost like having to to um to It's almost like, you know, like when you're putting on a pair of pantyhose, you can't just pull on one side. You have to Mm -hmm. like scoot them up from all sides. So it's like you're doing that. And that must take an incredible amount of um, simultaneity of awareness, which also is something we talk about in our meditation practice that meditation gives us is that ability to do so many things at once, almost be in so many places at once. (laughs)
2: <laughs> yeah, I, and I think that's where meditation has helped me so much. I've been meditating, not for many years, probably about six years. Um, but when I look back at how I would address a problem or anything that was going on at the time and how I do that now, also I, I can feel and I know the benefit that I get from having meditation with having to deal with the challenges that come every day, um, mm-hmm. I now a, a address these challenges in a lot calmer manner. <laughs> uh, I'm not, I don't suddenly go oh, and panic. I'm like, okay, um, I can. I I feel that I can see a bigger picture, whereas a, before I, it would be very kind of just looking at this problem and not really seeing the bigger picture of how these things affect other things and have a knock-on effect. Um, actually, when we were discussing years ago back in India about you coming out and, mm. and doing some meditation in, in the forest and we're my manager at the time, I said, oh, can you speak to all the staff and explain about meditation? And we have this wonderful opportunity, these people coming over to teach everyone meditation. So that's not something that anyone really does there. Mm-hmm. Um, so he, he he sat with all the staff and he was trying to explain meditation and and some people were understanding it and some people couldn't and it, it was really like well what would be the benefit from from this practice was the mm-hmm. general consensus and my manager turned around and went do you remember director 10 years ago how she would get quite angry <laughs> a lot <laughs> and she would be very stressed <laughs> a lot and they would all be, and they all said the kind of yes. <laughs> and you know how the director is now, where she doesn't really get angry and she doesn't really stress. And they went, yeah. and he went, that's meditation. And everyone <laughs> signed their name down on the piece of paper. There was not one staff member that didn't want to learn how to meditate.
0: <laughs> that's beautiful. That's brilliant. Oh my gosh.
1: <laughs> I love it. I love it. And and how was your journey? How did you get into meditation?
2: Um Rachel was your teacher, right? It was while I was in No, I I'd never I'd never had a particular teacher. Oh, okay. Um I met Rachel in Bali when I went with, you remember Alyssa, who I came over to we yeah. both traveled to India together. Mm-hmm. Um, So before then, I'd I'd had no teacher. There's no practices here. And there I met an Indian man here, Vinod, and we became really good friends. I became really good friends with his family. And in the evenings, every Friday evening, I would go and have dinner with him and his family. And they would talk about meditation and and also the Bhagavad Gita. (laughs) And... (laughs) he got me introduced to meditation and it was just like all you need to do is sit for 10 minutes a day in the morning and night kind of thing and that's what i started to do and even from that i didn't know about mantras i didn't know about anything i would just kind of sit every day twice a day for 10 minutes and have a bit of calmness and then it was actually when i Alyssa and i were traveling and we traveled to bali together on the meditation retreat and rachel was there that i really started to understand and i learned such a lot on that Mm -hmm. retreat um and then straight after that it was not long after that that i traveled to india and met you all (laughs) 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 that's great that's beautiful that
0: found you basically
2: (laughs) yeah yeah so it's been a yeah it's been a it's been a very interesting journey but i think the the real door opening for me was the the trip to India changed my life completely mm. completely changed my life it was it was one of the most amazing times i've ever had it was just <laughs> uh, it was like all of a sudden it's like well everything i ever thought in my head was correct was completely wrong <laughs> Um, and then just being surrounded <laughs> by all, all these like amazing people with all this just incredible energy. And, yeah, I learned such a lot. Yeah, I will never, ever forget that trip. Ever. It was amazing.
1: And something that I, that I love about the work that you do, and, you know, me and Kristen discuss it a lot on the podcast, about how we're kind of serving a purpose, we were kind of choiceless about it. It's like, this is the command and I have to follow it. And for you to follow it at such a young age and completely uproot your life and be like, I'm leaving for three months, but for the rest of my life, (laughs) it's, it's so Vedic in that way that you just kind of knew that this is what you wanted to do. And you were always kind of charmed by apes and to, uproot your life in such a way and it it seems to me that you're just serving this amazing purpose Mm -hmm. and so can you tell us a little bit about that about this calling i mean you you touched on it briefly but if you can touch on it more
0: (laughs) yeah and like Uh, when when did you know it was not going to be three months was it gradual or was there this like okay this is this is what's happening with me
2: No, I knew when I was on the plane. I wasn't (laughs) before we landed. I mean, my whole journey with fascination with great apes was, my parents remember I was around about three years old and it was all about gorillas and chimpanzees. Um, And that just progressed. I was always a big animal lover, but in particular gorillas and chimpanzees. And then as I got older, life got, life happened and I finished school, I went to work, I had bills to pay. Um, and then I was actually involved in a bad motorbike accident. Mm. And I was recovering in and out of hospital for about four years. And it was at that time that I thought, oh, I, I actually really want to do something. I want to follow what I've always wanted to do. And so at the time I was planning on the my boyfriend who I was with then, we were going to travel around Africa. And when we were looking through Cameroon, we saw the opportunity to volunteer at the project. So we applied and it was just why we're here. Can we volunteer there and then carry on with our journey? Um, And so we were interviewed, we both passed. We canceled our trip because we thought we'll just fly to Cameroon and, and go there for three months and then go back to the UK and organize further traveling. And it was just after we, I, ju- I remember after we'd been accepted and we had a house, we had our jobs, everything. But it was like, no, we have to pack everything away. We have to <laughs> the house up. We have to, everything's going into storage. And everyone was like, well, you're only going for three months, Rachel. And I was like, yes, but it's best to get everything set. <laughs> even in, at that point, I didn't have it in my head. I'm not coming back. It was just this thing of we need to settle everything here.
0: Mm -hmm. And then
2: we went, we flew out. And I remember it was just as we were flying over the forest to land, um, I had this feeling and this voice that you're not not coming back. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) And we landed. And I think I was about a month into my stay that we got news that a little gorilla was arriving and he was only estimated about a week, a week old. And at that time, he was the youngest gorilla that had ever arrived at sanctuary. And I was given the opportunity to care for him. And I made that promise to him there and then that I wouldn't ever leave him until I got him into a forest with another family group of gorillas. But little did I know then when I made that promise to him, I would then keep on making that promise every <laughs> little orphan that came in, which is why I'm still out here for 21 years. But it, it really does feel like like the path was already set. And I just, it's home now. It was... You know, when I first arrived, it was, I think, two or three years before I went back home, and that was for a very quick visit and then back out here again. Um, Yeah, it it feels very like I'm where I'm meant to be and where I want to be, and I make that choice every day. I make that Mm. conscious choice. I'm here today. And that's my choice to be here today. Tomorrow is another day. Let's see what tomorrow <laughs> brings. Um, but yeah, it's this whole project and, and the work we're doing out here is such a part of me. Um, and I've met such, such amazing people that have come out and worked and volunteered and supported us. I'm, I feel very blessed in that respect.
0: It's so beautiful. I um, I was wondering if you could talk a bit about the consciousness of the apes themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, that must be, it, it must feel like there's almost no difference in
2: some ways. I don't know. I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. There is no difference. Um, I, I mean, I'm I'm no expert on where their level of consciousness lies, but they are so similar to us. They grieve like we grieve, they laugh, they play, Um, they are so self-aware and they are also aware of other individuals. Mm -hmm. You know, the other individuals have minds as well. And we see that every day just in their behavior. Um, And they can remember the past they're there in the present, but they also plan for the future as well. So for an example, when we've had issues between any of the male males in the group, and there's been a fight, um, whoever didn't come out too well out of that fight, they may not necessarily retaliate straight away. Mm-hmm. They'll go away, they'll ponder, they'll think about <laughs> it. Very calculated. <laughs> and then several days later when the others are least expecting it <laughs> that's when they'll go um, so that's a thought out process that yeah. is um <laughs> and also it's really important and, and when you, we have there are arguments within family groups there will always be a peacemaker there will always mm. be a peacemaker in the group who will go and try and bring everyone together and try and solve the problem. And you can see, you can sit there and you can watch how the peacemaker will go up, and you know, extend the hand out, which is a sign of of, of friendship.
1: Oh,
2: almost <laughs> join the hands of the two. And then it's very important after a di- disagreement that there's hugs, and that <sighs> problem is finished. And if that problem isn't finished, it will continue. Mm -hmm. Um, so there's always a peacemaker it's really important in their family to resolve issues Um, when individuals are sick we recently had a male in the group that was very sick and we couldn't get into the forest area for that particular male yet the females would go in every day and sit with him and come out of the forest and, and communicate with us using their eyes or you know like looking at us and then staring in the exact place that the male was in the forest Mm -hmm. and then walking into the forest as if to say, look, follow us. He's here. Mm -hmm. Um, And then also when they're teaching things to others. So that's where you can really see that they're aware that others can think and feel the same as well. We have... um, a water system in the enclosure, which is a simple tap system that they have to learn to push, and then the water will come out. Now, always the females will get this in a couple of minutes; they're straight up. They push, they're... <laughs> the boys <laughs> it takes a little longer. <laughs> the girls will sit there and teach them by just pushing the tap, looking at them. Pushing the tap again, looking at them again until the guys, you know, the boys get it. Um, they're just so they're just so similar to us in every way, and how they try and communicate with us as well. Um, if there's something left outside of an enclosure, say a piece of food or a piece of fruit, and they will come up to the fence line. And they will vocalise. They will grunt, and they'll put their hand out to point to what they want, or oh, they do this with their head and stare until you get the message. Actually, I want Matt, What's there?
0: Mm-hmm. So they
2: they are very self aware, um, and they are aware of others as well. It really is quite incredible to watch. They have sympathy. They have empathy as well. For others in the, in their family group. Gorillas, on the other hand, are the same, but they are the, the deep thinkers. They're, mm. they're what I like to think of the big meditators. <laughs> they tend to sit. There's a lot of silence in a gorilla family. And um, mm. they tend to sit and ponder a lot. Um, but the behavior is is just really, really interesting. Really interesting to watch.
1: That's what I wanted to ask about. If they're different in the different species of apes,
2: mm-hmm. chimps are chimps. Wear their heart on their sleeve <laughs> when they're angry. You know when they're happy. You know when they're not. They have a disagreement with somebody else. Like everything is out there, and they will let you know everything they are feeling. <laughs> chimps, on the other hand, is very subtle. Uh, sorry, gorillas, on the other hand, is very subtle. It's more, it's very much a lot with the eyes, with how they feel. Um, they don't vocalize as much. They do vocalize, but not as much as chimpanzees. Um, so it's all kind of in very subtle movements with gorillas. Um, but chimps, you you couldn't not know what was wrong with them um, because they will let you know. <laughs> they will let you know until you understand what the problem is. Uh, <laughs> So gorillas are a lot harder to understand, um, but still very deep, um, and still very you know aware of others and aware of themselves as well. It's been you know when I think some of the things that they've done, and we've all just gone, oh my gosh, it's like it's like watching people. Um, <laughs> it really is. Um, even now, they'll do something, even after 21 years, they'll do something that will completely just blow my mind. And I was just like, yeah. And 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 just when they look at you, mm-hmm. when you, they look at you, you can just see it, you can just feel it. It's incredible. It really is. They're like us, but with a lot more hair. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and that's what I felt. Yeah, I've only seen gorillas in captivity in like a zoo environment but when we, we they have them down at the san francisco zoo and i'll take the kids there and yeah. it's it's so moving you know especially if one of them will turn and actually make eye contact it's like yeah. oh, you can feel yeah. like oh my gosh i can feel that being
2: mm-hmm.
0: and, and i think that. you know that's why in some ways i feel you know the meditation helps with that empathy you know that That feeling of self outside the self. So that when you look in the eyes of a gorilla, you don't see, you know, something that you could harm. You just feel yourself looking back at you. Yes. Um, And I I would assume too, you you sense that there's they they all have their own personality, which spending time with them would come through, I would think.
2: Completely. (laughs) All individuals, completely different person, just like people. Yeah. Um, everyone is an individual. Everyone is a, <laughs> has their own special soul. Um, and we get to know that and we get to know what they like, what they don't like. And, and that also is really important and instrumental in when we have a new infant and we need to introduce them into a new family group because mm-hmm. we will, one of the things we will look at are the personalities within the rest of the family groups mm-hmm. and whether that will you know, help or whether that will actually hinder an introduction or who we will decide to introduce first and who will be the last one to be introduced. And and we base that a lot on their personality. Mm. Uh, so obviously, you know, we would, for example, we would pick um, probably the females first because of their, nur- not all females are like that though. Some females are, haven't got any nurturing, <laughs> in that day, but some of the females that are, very nurturing and very gentle, we would introduce first. But then sometimes there have been some males that are incredibly paternal and really, really gentle with the infants. And so we've introduced them, you know, first as well. And then the ones that are a little bit naughty (laughs) probably introduced last. Um, But yeah, and then they'll protect each other. It's all very, it's really complex. and just fascinating to watch it really is
1: I saw on your website of a gorilla and I I find this fascinating about gorillas because I know they, they can be aggressive but at the same time they're they seem so tender and I think it was Bobo was that the name with the little bush, bush, baby. bush baby and how he was with him for like two hours and being all tender and then he set him free after two hours, and I thought it was the most amazing thing that I've ever seen. Yeah,
2: he was Bobo was one of our first gorillas, um, and the the people get a there seems to be a bit of a reputation with gorillas that they are very aggressive, but they are the gentle giants of the forest. Oh, yeah, um, of
1: course,
2: <laughs> <laughs> they they will get aggressive, obviously, when it comes to protecting their family. Um, but the males can be very nurturing. And I was actually there when Bobo found his little bush baby because he he kind of had something in his armpit and we couldn't quite figure out what it was and he kept on turning away. (laughs) And then this little creature just jumped on the palm of his hand and his big gorilla finger stroking this tiny little. So it was like the biggest primate and the smallest primate. And he never held onto the bush baby or stopped the bush baby from going off. The bush baby stayed on his arm. Um, and every time Bobo put him down on the floor, instead of the bush baby running off, he would jump back on him. <laughs> so Bobo was like, okay, we'll be friends for the day. Um, <laughs> him. But we also see some of our gorillas as well with caterpillars, and they'll pick the caterpillars up and put them on their back or maybe a <laughs> frog and put them on their back as well. They're very gentle, very gentle. Oh my gosh. It must
0: be, I, your heart must just stretch every direction, you know, um, they must feel like family and it, it must be challenging to, to be, um, for me, I think I would find it very hard to, to be in an environment where there's so many who don't understand the value of these beautiful, Um, beings and um and you know fighting what feels like almost an impossible fight sometimes did you ever Mm -hmm. feel just that total discouragement or are you always just put moving your awareness to
2: the the high end there are times where there will be a a little bit of doubt a little bit of discouragement but it's just not enough to stop it, it's it's just not even on the it's not on the list. It, it's just yes. like we we're doing something here. Mm-hmm. We need to keep moving forward. Um and that's what we do. It's not it's about whether you know you want to be part of the solution or part of the problem. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's how we all feel in the Apex and Africa team. And then, when you do see the family groups and you do see the chimpanzees and you do rescue another, that kind of gives you more energy to keep going. And then, when you do see and you are part of witnessing children saying something fantastic like, we need to save chimps, we need to save gorillas, it's like, art explodes. (laughs) And, you know, seeing all of our Cameroonian staff as well, who, nurture these babies and become the mothers and the fathers until they can join their own family Mm. group that's something really really special and they work so incredibly hard um and they still they're an inspiration as well because something will happen and they'll just keep moving forward so it's like well let's all move forward together um and we you know Ape Action Africa is like a family we're we're 25 years now so we've built this this family and we all support each other and And just, yeah, keep moving forward. And it's the chimps and the gorillas that actually keep us all together because they really are family members to us Mm -hmm. all. Um, So something very special, yeah.
1: I I wanted to ask um, what it's like to work with the government because I know sometimes the government can be the big greedy enemy, but I've seen, you know, you're working with them to kind of, change what's been happening in the past. So has it been challenging or what has the process been with that?
2: That has been, and it can be challenging. Um, Our relationship with the government, we, Apex in Africa doesn't have the power to confiscate any of the illegally kept orphans. So that's the government. So we support the government's confiscation policy. Because if Apache in Africa wasn't there, they wouldn't be able to confiscate because they would have nowhere to place the orphans. And they've been very active in when they hear about an orphan that they will go and confiscate. Um, so that's been a real, really positive move. And also with relation to the work that we've done in at Methu Park, which is our forest area, they have been very supportive as well. well. We'll work with the local governments there. Um, and recently we returned a wild chimpanzee back into the wild and we couldn't have done that without the government's support. And that was a really good collaboration there as well as when we returned a, a gorilla a few years ago back into the, the wild as well. We couldn't have done that with the government. Um, And when we've had issues within the park and we make a phone call, they come, they come out. So with our local government, we've been really, um, we've been really lucky um, because they're very proactive and they're part of our education program as well. And we're, we're looking into possibly working on forest protection in our area. And that's something that will work hand in hand with the communities and the government. So Again, I mean, when I look back at 21 years ago, it wasn't like that. And it's, it's been a process to get to where we are now. And there's still a lot of work to be done, but but like a slow moving elephant, we just keep going.
0: Yeah, We are both just here, like beaming smiles on our faces, just thinking about all that you're doing. When you help these, these families, what is it like to, when you, you know, you get to know them so intimately? and then you release them back into the wild. And just um, what is that experience? Like I can imagine there's there's the, this overwhelming joy that this is the, it, it reminds me of being a parent, right? It's like the whole point of being a parent is you want them to be independent, but the idea of that is like heart-wrenching. So I'm sure there's that, that, that feeling of, of bittersweetness.
2: Yeah, uh, the orphans that come into our place they are not released into the wild. They're in large forest areas, which mm-hmm. are fenced off. But even the feeling of when we've had an orphan and we could spend several months, depending on the age, even maybe up to a year, to get that individual at a stage where they could be introduced to a family group. One of the best feelings ever is when you see a chimp back with other chimps and the family Mm -hmm. or a gorilla back with other gorillas and the family that they lost they have a new family um Mm -hmm. it it really is incredible because then you know okay because it shouldn't be us looking after them um they should be with their own kind and so as soon as we can get them to that stage it's such an incredible feeling there's still the panic (laughs) and they're quite little and I'm like oh he has to come in Has he come in we have to get him his milk or has he been able to get food and there's still that kind of we need to keep an eye on him and we're still checking um but just to see them and, and them communicating with each other and the older ones looking after them when we had the case of when we returned a wild gorilla back into the wild that was different in that this wild gorilla happened to just arrive in our camp. Um, he must have been a lone male and traveled many, many miles and suddenly arrived in our camp. So we couldn't, we couldn't keep him and we wasn't going to introduce him, him into our into any of our groups. He needed to go back to the wild. So that was a huge mission to get him back out. And we couldn't have done that without the government's support. That feeling of when we pulled the transport cage over at open and he ran straight into the forest to be free, that I, I find that really difficult to even put into words because it because that ideally that would be what we would want for all of the orphans that mm-hmm. come to Ape Action Africa is that they can go back into the wild and maybe one day that will be a possibility for some um but to actually be able to return a gorilla back to the wild to be free that was just incredible absolutely incredible and 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 also almost there was almost a little tinge of sadness that we can't do that for the orphans that are with us at the moment yeah. but then at the same time it was like well actually why not it kind of gave us a newfound energy and a newfound hope and mm. kind of redirected us off into another direction as well, which is why we're really interested in forest protection with wild populations in mm-hmm. so we can protect the wild populations so they don't come to us. Um, but, yeah, it is. There's nothing better than seeing when we, for example, if we have an infant chimpanzee that is 24 hour care, human mm-hmm. care. And then we first introduce them to another chimps, and there's that look in their eyes where all of a sudden they realise, oh, that's what I am. (laughs) I get it now. I get it now. And then (laughs) off they go, and then they progress in leaps and bounds because it's all all social learning. And then it's like, yeah. And then they realise that actually we were a bit rubbish at chimp play and (laughs) trying to make nests, and they're like, yeah. I got my chimp family now, that's, um, yeah, we say, when we're ready to introduce, we always say, right, they're ready to go to big school now, and that's what they do.
1: I find it fascinating that that gorilla came to you.
2: Yeah, we have no idea where he came from. We looked at all different maps. We have no idea how he got to us without being seen by other humans. And actually, where he stopped was by one of our guerrilla groups. So he probably smelled to the guerrillas and thought, "Okay, this is where I'm going to stay." Um, and he did. <laughs> so we had <laughs> to do, we had to anesthetize him for his safety and also the safety of the community and staff and everybody. And then it was an all-out mission um, to get him back. We named him Freedom because we're going to give him freedom back um but it was just it was just incredible just as we opened the door and he did this huge chest beat and he ran off so I like to think he's found a nice a nice little gorilla family now somewhere (laughs) in the forest never to be seen again
0: (laughs) oh my gosh this is so beautiful and and you mentioned a little bit about your future you know like The why not? Like, would you talk a little bit about what you're where you see Ape Action Africa going in terms of where it's going to grow?
2: I think for us now, it's really important that we start working more with the government and with communities in forest protection. Um, Rescue and rehabilitation will always be at Ape Action Africa's core, and that will always be there. But to do another 25 years of just rescuing and rehabilitating doesn't solve the problem. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: We need to protect the wild population so they don't actually come into action Africa and keep them where they're meant to stay, Mm -hmm. which is free. Um, So forest protection is where we'd like to move towards now and then hopefully one day to be able to possibly reintroduce some of ours back into the wild. Mm -hmm. you know nobody benefits from destroying forest areas nobody benefits from destroying nature it's not just about the great apes and the wildlife that live in the forest it's also us there's no benefit for us to to destroy all of that we lose out and that's what's that's what can be really difficult is that is for other people to for everybody to be able to understand that like what is the benefit in this destruction what do we gain from that we, we don't gain anything we really lose out we really lose out and it's it's trying to relay that message to other people before it's too late
0: what um what do you feel would be the best way for our listeners listening who have heard all this and are as enchanted as we are um, and want to help you know, how can, how can our listeners help with
2: um, the mission of ABA Action Africa? There are many ways. They could take in awareness to people. You know, this isn't mm-hmm. just an issue for Africa. We are all responsible for this. We all play a part in changing this. Um, so even being aware on where you buy wood, whether it's from sustainable source, um, spreading the words between friends and family. Because lots of people don't even realise, even now, you know, people still don't realise what's going on in the forests. Um, to help Ape, Ape Action Africa, you can go to our web, website as well. There are ways to donate um, to help us feed our 300 little mouths. There's um, also our volunteer programme, which we're hoping to start up sometime. Next year, you know, you don't have to be in Cameroon to help out. Um, We have lots of members of our extended family all over the world that are raising awareness, um, doing events, speaking to people. Um, So we're we're always there to extend our family and welcome new family members.
1: And you can adopt. I'm this close to adopting Freddie.
2: Oh. (laughs) He is so cheeky, <laughs> gorgeous, but very gorgeous. Yes, it's lovely to see him actually because he's in an adult group now, and he kind of rules the roost there. He has the adult male wrapped round his little finger. So good choice there.
0: Good choice. <laughs> oh, Rachel, thank you so much for this. This has been one of our favorite interviews. I
1: Absolutely,
0: can... <laughs> just I. I'm... Thank you so in awe of everything you do we both are um so yes please pl- we cannot wait to go there and help help in your mission however we can
2: we're um, all waiting for you to come over and teach meditation to yes. us all <laughs> we're coming <like>, 100 <laughs> it's happening
0: a t- it has already happened <laughs> so <laughs> thank you so much for taking the time and coming to where there's wi-fi <laughs> we so en- enjoyed this Thank you. Thank Jai you, Grew you Dave. so much. Jayguru Dave.